0: Now podcast, where you'll discover and be equipped with keys from the word of God that will pave the way to God's unlimited blessing in your life. Now, here's your host, Evangelist TJ Malcanji. We're going to jump on the back of what we started out on Tuesday, which is really, I can go like, I can go months just talking about this topic, Dominion. Because it's, first of all, like I said on Tuesday, it's something that's extremely neglected in the body of Christ. You don't hear many sermons on Dominion. Hey, Yara on YouTube. You don't hear many sermons on on uh, Dominion. You don't hear many sermons on casting out devils. You don't hear, well, ha- happy uh, happy birthday, Destiny. Hope you enjoy it this weekend. Pray it's the nicest weather you've ever experienced. Um. Yeah, you don't hear many sermons on casting out devils. You don't hear many sermons on, on on how to heal the sick, how to dominate over the devil in every area of life. And I, there's one thing that gets me ticked off in Christian circles is that we've created this culture where believers... Hey, Isha. Believers are going from deliverance service to deliverance service Just being delivered from one problem only to fall into another ditch only to fall into another ditch and that happens as a result of poor teaching Because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs a ruler who lacks understanding and you can use in the same vein a preacher who lacks understanding Hey Jamar God bless you man "A, a, A preacher who lacks understanding will be a great oppressor So when there's leaders in the church that rise up, people, teachers and teaching and doctrine that begins to invade the church that is not according to the word of God, that isn't gospel based, they don't have the understanding of God's way for doing things. It will create added oppression. A leader who lacks understanding is a great oppressor. So you'll actually do the opposite. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said in John eight thirty two, "Ye You shall know the truth, and the truth is what will set you free. Not your emotions, not your perspective, not your intellectual guess or estimation. The truth, and the truth alone, based on God's word, is what sets men free from all oppression of the devil. That's why when Jesus came to Nazareth in Mark chapter 6, his hometown, and he got there, and the Bible says that the people looked on him and said, where did this man come from? And what wisdom is this that such power and, and miraculous works are done by his hands? So they didn't deny that Jesus operated in miracle power, but however, the Bible says they took offense at him, and Jesus looked on them and said, he he marveled at their unbelief and said, because of the unbelief of the people, that he would go about in a circuit teaching. He marveled at their unbelief and said, a prophet is not without honor, honor except in his hometown. And he went about in the circuit in a circuit, throughout their villages, teaching. So what does that tell you? Wherever there's unbelief, in any area... You have a doubt concerning God's ability to provide. You have doubt concerning God's ability to heal. You have doubt concerning your dominion over the devil. You have doubt concerning, uh, you know, your, your, the forgiveness of your sins. You still live in a lifestyle of condemnation where you always feel the voice of the, of the accuser of the brethren coming after you. The only way to break free from unbelief, the only way to break out of the, 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 the reign of the devil in that area is by Jesus told us. The Bible says he went about teaching. So when you're taught the word, when the word of God comes alive in your spirit, the Bible says in the book of Psalms 119, the entrance of his word brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. So God's word brings light. And we know from John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, And the word was with God the word was God he was in the beginning with God and the Bible says that word is the life of men and that life is light and that light shines in darkness and darkness could not comprehend it so the light of God's word the word of God carries God's light that when spoken out of a mouth filled with a heart of faith It shatters the hold of darkness anywhere, anytime, any day, no matter how long it's been, no matter how strong that grip is of the devil of your life. The light of God's word is what gives you dominion over all oppression of the devil so what does the devil do he works overtime to keep people blinded from the gospel they to keep people blinded from uh, gaining access into the glorious light the bible describes it in second corinthians 4 the glorious light of the gospel of jesus christ but Just like the devil couldn't stop you from tuning into this broadcast today, the devil won't be able to stop this light from getting into your spirit. And when that light gets into your spirit, it marks the end. The entrance of God's word marks the exit of Satan's word concerning your life, concerning your family, concerning your circumstance, concerning your situation, concerning your marriage. When God's word is believed and acted upon that 's the light of god being it begins to emanate and radiate from you, and the entrance of that light in your life marks the exodus of any foreign light any foreign darkness around you so i want to I want to establish first and foremost before we move on and if you haven 't shared the broadcast, please share it and um, let 's let 's get this word out to as many people as possible I always hear Isaiah. Saldivar, tell, uh, when he does his broadcast, he says, if you can share a video of a cat doing backflips, then surely you can share a video of the gospel going out. So, Shireen, if you're struggling today, this is the perfect place. God has God drew you to this broadcast to lead you out of a struggle into a struggle-free zone in life, because it's possible. Don't let the devil deceive you that that's some uh, superficial, hopeful, motivational thing that we like to say. No, there is a struggle, struggle-free struggle Zone in life and God's going to lead you into it the Bible says Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not lack he leads me by still waters he makes me to lie down in green pastures Isaiah 48 17 I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go then your peace will be like a river And your righteousness like the waves waves of the sea. So, Shireen, stay on today. Hey, Patty, shared in NPR, Florida. God bless you. All right. The first thing I want to establish is that we as believers, as Christians, born-again Christians, are not to have a life of deliverance to deliverance to deliverance, and our whole life is just pretty much us being this massive prayer project that our facebook is loaded with prayer requests and zero testimonies and zero victories on our own behalf and then us enforcing that victory on other people's li- in other people's lives your life is not to be from deliverance to deliverance you are to go from deliverance to dominion over the devil we're not i mean there's a man of god who told a story he was at a conference preaching and this guy comes up to him and says brother brother i got the devil on the run and uh, this man of god ends up going uh, ends up saying well praise god brother that's awesome not knowing the, that the minister which corrected him afterwards he ends up going no the only problem is that i'm the one running from the devil so i got the devil on the run but i'm the one running away from him that's not the way That's not the way God created you to be. That's not the way, that's not the reason God sent Jesus to the earth to die. Jesus didn't die for you to be a forgiven sinner that's a wretched man, you know, that's barely by the skin of his teeth going to make heaven and on earth he'll just be a project for the devil to steal from, kill from, and destroy. No, the Bible says very clearly that Jesus Christ, Romans 5, I want to read this because this is like, This is Bible doctrine, and it needs to get into your spirit. Because if it just gets into your head, if all you have is just some mental ascent, well, I believe the Bible is true. Well, sure, I agree with everything that says, you know, I know the Bible is right. I know it's right. If that's your version of Christianity, if that's your version of having God's commandments hidden in your heart, you're not going to get very far in life. Life's going to be a misery. Life's going to be full of anguish. Life's going to be full of peril. But if you'll do like the Bible says in Proverbs 4, My son, if you'll keep my commandments before you, let your heart retain my words. Let wisdom be your sole desire in life. The wisdom of God's word. If you'll, like the Bible says, let wisdom be the principal thing in your life. And in all you're getting, get understanding. If you'll exalt her, it will lead to not demotion in life. It will lead to promotion in life. If you'll, if you'll um, exalt wisdom in your life, meaning putting God's word in any area and, and making it the final authority in any area of life, the Bible says she will embrace you and she'll put a crown of glory on your head. Hallelujah. God's wisdom enthrones you in every area of life where it's applied. Do you understand that a key in your hand does you no good? If you stand by the door idle and don't open the door by putting the key into the the door lock, just standing by the door and waiting and believing God for doors to open without the application of that key. It won't lead you anywhere in life. You'll be, you'll live a life of frustration and stagnation. And that's the way a lot of believers live. They're born again. They've been given the keys of the kingdom of God. They've been given access into God's inheritance. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places has been made available to them. How be it? They're waiting on God for breakthrough. They're waiting on God for deliverance. They're waiting on God to mark their day of salvation. They're waiting on God for some magic wand to come and strike their life where all of a sudden fireworks will break forth and, and and you know, it'll be their their lucky day. Amen? No, not amen. Because there's no lucky day in life. Fools believe in luck. But wise men believe in cause and effect. Fools believe in luck. Wise men, share this broadcast. This is going to be a a mark, a day of change in many lives. Fools believe in luck. But wise men believe in cause and effect. Every object in life, this is a law of physics, every object assumes A state of rest until a force is applied to move that thing. So this Bible stays on my desk. It won't move until an external force comes and moves it to its desired place. In the same vein, miracles don't just happen. You know, when the Bible says that we wait on God, it's not being patient and just standing around with our hands folded. And just, you know, well, I'm just believing God for breakthrough. I hope my day comes one day. And you know, a lot of preachers make a lot of money telling people to just keep holding on. You know, Jesus told the Pharisees, you hypocrites, you have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You have the way out for these people, but you don't, you don't give it to them. You've robbed them of the keys to the kingdom, which is able to mark a day of break, breakthrough in their lives. You robbed it, you robbed them, and you yourselves don't even enter in. So Jesus was telling you something there. There's a lot of money to be made. I'm telling people, your hour's coming, brother. Well, just keep holding on. That season's going to come. There's no... <laughs> when you got saved, when you became a Christian, when Christ came and, lived and now lives in you, when you stepped out of the domain of darkness Colossians 1:13 The Bible says that Christ has delivered us or translated us out of the domain of darkness into the dominion of God's Son, the dominion of light, wherein we have redemption by His blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His glory. The moment you stepped out of darkness into light, the moment that you were raised with Christ, the moment you were seated with Christ in heavenly places... That marked your entrance into a new season where there's no dry seasons for the child of God. There's no seasons of defeat for a child of God. There's no battles to be lost for a child of God. You weren't created for failure. You weren't created to be defeated. You weren't created to be under the feet of the devil. You weren't created to be less than, to be the tail always. No, my Bible very clearly tells In Isaiah 48, uh, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 14, that in righteousness you shall be established thou shalt be far from oppression and it shall not come near thee hallelujah in righteousness well in christ jesus we were made righteous even as christ is righteous first john 3 and verse 7 so in righteousness the bible says we are established and it tells you what that establishing does it's i mean get this Ethereal, mystical form of Christianity out of your head, where it's like well, I'm a believer and I just feel His peace, but life looks no different than it than what it was before. That's not the story of David when he caught the Holy Ghost, when the Spirit of God came mightily upon him. The Bible doesn't say, "And the Spirit of God came on him," but ultimately David died, a, 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 living a life really of no relevance to his generation. His life really didn't look anything different after he was anointed from before. Before he was anointed no the bible says after he got anointed god that anointing establishes your dominion over the devil and over every attack of the devil that when when the when david was faced with a lion that came to snatch a sheep out of his sheepfold the bible says he didn't stay idle and say well i'm just praying let's just keep hey other sheep why don't we gather around and let's just keep this sheep in prayer let's just lift our hands father we pray for that sheep that he'd come back, that you'd open. No, the Bible says that he had an anointing that anytime a lion or a bear came and threatened his sheep, by that anointing, the anointing of God is not to cope with the devil's miseries in your life. The anointing of God is to establish total authority, dominion, and victory over all the power of the devil. The Bible says that Paul, having been anointed, just his handkerchiefs and aprons were casting out devils and were healing the sick. If the handkerchief, the residue of the anointing on Paul was able to cast out devils, to take charge in demonic networks and activities and regions so that he now became the main principality by the power of the Holy Spirit. If the residue of the anointing was able to do that, how much more shall the actual anointing of Jesus Christ Hallelujah. How much more shall the actual anointing... That's why Paul said, Philippians 4.13, this isn't just to get you through your week. There's a lot of Christians that are just believing God to get through their week. Well, praise God, just believing that I'll make it this week. Hey, God didn't call you to just make it. God called you to be more than an overcomer, more than a conqueror through everything else that would otherwise bring... Through the things that would afflict and bring down a normal average human being, the Bible says you are in all these things more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved you and gave himself up for, for you. You know, Christianity is not Jesus coming to paint a picture of what you can never have, but you're to hold it in high esteem, and it's some, you know, the Gospels are some museum that us that we should visit every so often to just, you know, soak in how great God's power worked through Jesus, the book of Acts, how great God's power worked through the apostles, and us just to sit back and say, man, I, I, wow, would it have been a thing for us to just be in those days to witness all the miracle works that Jesus did, Jesus himself said in John 14, 12, he said, he that believes on me, the works that ye see me do, you will do great also and greater works shall you do because I'm going to the father. He said, the works that you see me do, you will do not the works that you see me do. Don't go out and think that you'll have that type of dominion over the devil. Hey, I know I'm healing the sick, I know I've opened up blind, uh, blind eyes, but don't you even think for one moment that I'm going to give you any type of ability to do that, lest you should get high and exalted in your own minds. <laughs> no, the complete opposite. He said, if you'll believe in me, the very works that you see me do, not less than, greater works. I want you to write in the comment section as you're watching, I'm anointed for greater works. I am anointed for greater works. That's not just some, you know, crutch we lean on to get through the week. No, that is what Jesus said. And Jesus spoke. Whoever builds his life on my words, the floods might come, the rain might descend. And the wind might blow and beat against the house, but the house will be found standing at the end of it all. That's the difference between us and every other person on this earth. I might look like everybody else. I have skin. I have You cut me open. I've got blood. But I'm telling you, on the inside, there's a greater one that abides in me. Do not fear them, little children, for greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world. The greater one lives in me. You got to live in the reality, the awareness of that reality. That's not some fairy tale. That is the truth of God's word. The greater one lives in me. The Holy Ghost lives in me. And because of that, I am an overcomer. No matter what comes my way. No matter how severe the attack is. No matter how long the attack's been coming. No matter how persevering the devil is. I am anointed to win every single time. You know that song I think is Lil John. That song he used to sing. All I do is win. It, it's It's actually more anointed than most worship songs. Because you have some worship songs that make you feel like if you have any victory you should feel bad for it because victory is a sign of, of being against the will of God how many of you know when you're doing everything right the devil's gonna see to it that your life looks like hell on earth if uh, I, I'd be surprised if if I was blessed because I'd have to think that maybe I'm doing something wrong that the devil's leaving me alone that's how the world speaks that's how the that's how the devil wants to get you to think well how many of you know when you start doing things well and getting into the gospel that's why people don't want to cast out devils because it's been taught you know every time I cast out a devil it seems like It seems like either me, someone on my staff, or someone in my house would end up getting afflicted by a devil. We'd have a car accident. Someone would get sick in the family. So i just stay clear from it. Well, no wonder the devil's going to get you to think that because he doesn't want to be cast out of your meetings. He doesn't want to be cast out of your family. So he'll get you to think that if you cast me out, I'm coming for you. But my brother and sister hallelujah. He can mouth off all he wants. He can threaten you all his all he wants, but his, his threats are empty because the devil's not over your head. The devil's not eye to eye with you. The devil has been placed under your feet. Ephesians 2, he has seated us in Christ Jesus far above. I want you to write in the comment section again. I'm going to make you do this quite often today because it has, you have to like take a step in declaring it and, and writing it out because it's, pa- it's a powerful ca- confession and declaration. I am far above where the devil's at. I am far above where the devil is located. I am far above. You know, you try and go into space without a spacesuit and then come out of the space station, you'll, you'll die very quickly and you'll be carried out into space. Never to be remembered, never... <laughs> you'll, 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 you'll just be a distant memory... Well, in the same vein, the devil doesn't have a spacesuit. I'm too far for him to to achieve that level. Do you know why the devil hates you so much? Because when he, Bible says it in Ezekiel twenty-eight and in Isaiah fourteen, it talks about the fall of the devil. It talks about the demise of Satan. It talks about his 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 loss in the heavenlies the bible says that he was the most beautiful cherub he was anointed far beyond any other angel the strongest archangel there was in heaven bible says he was clothed in every jewel and in every um piece of 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 god's vast measure of jewels and 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 treasury he was he was the the anointed cherub the bible says but matter of fact let's read it ezekiel 28 Ezekiel chapter 28 Thanks for joining me today. If you haven't uh, shared it, please share it and uh, get the word out This will mark the devil's reign of terror over over people's lives today as they get the word of God in their spirits Ezekiel 28 you were the this is God speaking of the devil. You are the seal of perfection You were in Eden full of wisdom and perfect in beauty you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your clothing and covering. The sardius, topaz, the diamond. He was clothed in diamonds. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I established you. You were perfect in all your ways from the day you were created until iniquity, sin, was found in you. Your Verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Because of your uh, your beauty, you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. And because of this, I cast you to the ground. I cast, he was in the heavenlies. He was attending to God himself. But because sin was found in him, he said in Isaiah 14, he has said in his heart, I will establish my throne above the throne of God. I will exalt myself above the stars of heaven. I will, I will be like the most high, the devil says. I will be like the most high. Well, you ever wonder why the devil hates you so much? Because we're... <laughs> Genesis 1. I'm going to read it too. I want you to get this, man. Not not as if I'm like just making it up. I want you to see from the Bible. Genesis 1, 26. God creates every other being. And then in verse 26, creates all the creatures, all the, all the beasts, all the animals. And verse 26 says this. Let us now make man... In our image. Let us make man in our image. God speaking. You're created in God's image. Let them have dominion. Sorry, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let us make, let us have, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So verse 27, God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him, male and female, he created them and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply fill the earth subdue it, have dominion Oh, brethren, we're not called to to walk in dominion. We're just called to be faithful and to just do our part. It's a mandate God gave men. Dominion is not an option. Dominion is a command. Let them have dominion. I don't know about you. I don't want some of God's blessing. I don't want a little bit of God's blessing. I don't want 89% of God's blessing. I don't want my cup to be half full. David certainly didn't believe that way. When he said, I have been anointed with fresh oil, my cup runs over. In the New Living Translation, it says, my cup of blessing is overflowing. I don't want a bit of what God has for me. I want every single thing that God sent his son Jesus to spill blood for me to have. I don't treat the blessings of God as secondary. I don't treat them as some privilege for some people, but ultimately we don't, we can't have everything in life. I don't treat the blessing of God. If God's blessing was so valuable and He thought it so essential for me to have it and walk in it that he sent Jesus to spill his blood so that we who are far from God's blessing, we who are, the Bible says, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. Bible says in Ephesians 2, we were alienated, we were without God, we were strangers to the covenants of promise, we were totally destitute and and and, and, and victims of the devil. But we who were far off by the blood of Jesus Christ, we we have been brought near hallelujah jesus spilt his blood to bring you into the blessing of god not only so that we can be redeemed from the curse of the law but that we now as the seed of abraham that the blessing of abraham might come upon you the blessing of abraham isn't something that we should just treat well if it comes our way, then it comes our way. But ultimately, we're not prompt. No. If Christ shed his blood for me to have it, then there's no devil. There's nothing. There's no entity. Nothing will get in my way from obtaining it. Colossians 1.12. The Bible says, Thank, giving thanks unto the Father as, is it, as it is meet, who hath qualified us to be partakers of his inheritance in light. God has qualified you and I to partake of this blessing of having dominion over the devil and taking charge in life. Not for us. There's too many believers that are in perpetual defeat, that it's one ditch to another. How many of you know anytime there's a mountaintop, there's always a valley that we got to experience. That's not what the Bible teaches. 2 Corinthians 3:18. The Bible says we all with unveiled faces are being transformed as we behold him in a mirror. Which the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 22 that the word of God is the mirror for our lives. This book is a mirror for us to look in and see the way God has created us to be. To see our inheritance. To see what God sees us as. This is, the Bible describes itself as a mirror. When you look into it, just like you look at your natural face and you can see what your natural face looks like. When you look into the spiritual mirror, you start to see the way your spirit, your being, your inner man looks like. I might be, I'm not not a super tall guy. I might be this size in 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 the natural, my physique. But in the spirit, if you could see TJ in the spirit, I'm a, I am a giant, not by my own might, not by my own strength, but because he who has been joined to the Lord has become one spirit with him. I am one spirit with Jesus Christ, the spirit of God, the giant of the general of God's army lives in me. That's why I'm a giant, and that's why I can see myself as a giant. My inner man has been empowered, not by might, not by strength, but by God's Spirit. And that's why I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So get this. God blesses them and says, be fruitful and multiply. That means anything that's causing you to be fruitless and subtracting from your life rather than multiplying the things in your life, That thing is demonically sent. That thing has its root in hell. Because God already said what his blessing will do. It'll cause you to be fruitful, even in times of unfruitfulness. Even in times where it seems like the world has shut down, like this time. Where businesses are starting to close down. Where, where, you know, people are more depressed than ever. God has a plan for you by the authority of the believer through the power of God's spirit on the inside of you to flourish in times of famine. I'm anointed to flourish in times of famine. I want you to write that. I flourish in famines. I flourish in the famine. I flourish in the famine. That's right. That no matter what the devil has planned for this world, It's minus me. It's minus my family. It's minus my household. Because God said, As for me and my house, if you'll take that stand today, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Isaiah 119 says, If you'll serve the Lord that way, God says, Say unto the righteous, All will be well. Unto the wicked it shall not be well for you for they shall be filled to the fruit of their own fancies but say unto the righteous all will be well hallelujah that's why i'm here to tell you today by the word of god the beginning of 2020 might have looked like hell on earth might have looked like the devil tried to wipe you out that you now have, because of what's going on, you have a struggling business. Maybe you have a struggling family now. Maybe you're, because you're now, you know, <laughs> you've been locked up in a house. Depression has multiplied in your life. Anxiety has grown in your life. And it seems like the devil has more of a foothold than ever. than ever. I'm here to tell you by the authority of God's word. Not just to motivate you today. But as this word that I'm preaching on today gets in your heart. All shall be well, whatever the devil's meant for you and your family. You're just one prayer away. God said, call unto me and I will answer you and show you gray and mighty things, which you know not of. It might look like a horrible pit that you're in, but the hand of God is still mighty to save, to stretch down into that place where you're at right now, pull you out and place you on a rock to stay. That the last defeat you ever suffered could be the last defeat you ever have to suffer. The last loss you ever suffered will be the last loss you ever have to suffer. In Jesus' name, from today and onward, you're going from glory to glory as we behold Him, as as in Amir, the glory of the Lord, we are transformed... By the Spirit of God, from glory to glory. From today, you're going from glory to glory, from victory to victory, and from strength to strength, whether the devil likes it or not, because you've been anointed to be above and not beneath. You've been anointed, Luke chapter 10, and verse 17, uh, verse 19. And behold, I give you power and authority over all the power of the devil. To tread upon serpents. And to tread upon scorpions. And nothing. And nothing. And nothing. Not somethings. And nothing. Shall by any means harm you. You are inconquerable. You are indomitable. You are undefeatable. By virtue of God's spirit. On the inside of you. And then I tell you. Not only, not only, not only are you going to break free from, from whatever is holding you down today, But like I said, you're going from needing deliverance to carrying dominion over the things that used to dominate you. The things that used to suppress you, they will run at your presence. The things that used to oppress you, just like Jesus, when he got to the gathering land, and the Bible says, when his foot hit the ground, that demon power, that man that carried 2,000 demons, the Bible says, we are legion for we are many. The moment that that man heard the footstep of Jesus he came before Jesus bowed his face to the ground and said have you come to torment me before the time the things that used to torment you from today onward you're going to torment by the power of the holy ghost in you the things that used to hold you down you're going to start to restrain in your own family you're going to start to resist in your own community in your own region and in your country in the name of Jesus Christ hallelujah 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 let them be blessed and have dominion over all the things of the earth psalm 8 the bible says what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you have given him dominion or that you have visited him thou hast placed all things under his feet And have given him dominion over the works of your hands. I want you to write in the comment section again. I have dominion. I have dominion. I have dominion. Make that declaration today. I have dominion. Ephesians 4. The Bible says that because of that dominion, we now share in the life of God. When you put off, I want you to get this. Salvation is much more than just forgiving sin. Salvation is the putting off of your old man. It's the putting, a lot of Christians, they do that. They put off the old man. How many of you know we need to crucify our passions and our desires with Christ at that cross? That's very true. The Bible says we are no longer to walk in the deeds of the flesh, but we are to walk in the Spirit and to live in the Spirit. That's very true. Jesus, and I preach it just as strong as anybody else, the Bible says you are to what? Come unto me, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. I have 100%. I stand by that message. I believe that in order to be saved, you have to come to the cross and lay your burden at the cross but let me let let me tell you something we as believers are not just to stay at the cross we are to move on from just like Jesus is not still hanging on the cross he went to the tomb and you know what there's a lot of believers who hang around the tomb they got dead religion and it stinks and it repels people away and Jesus didn't stay in the tomb it's not like he was raised from the dead and then now he's staying in the tomb and he has Visits every quarterly where you can come and arrange an appointment with him, and you can come and you know check, take a a number and be seated. And uh, now serving 64, Jesus will now serve you. Now, no, that's not. Jesus is not in that tomb in Jerusalem. That's why if you go and visit Jerusalem, it's nice, it's pretty. But if you go and stand by the Western Wall, there's not more of an anointing than anywhere else. If you go to the tomb where they believe Jesus was laid, there's not more of an anointing there than anywhere else. If you go to the Sea of Galilee or even the River Jordan, there's not more of an anointing there than anywhere else. That's why any preacher that says, "If you'll sow your best seed of five hundred or a thousand dollars, I will send you this chip that comes from the cross of Christ." Because in this chip, if you'll lay it on your forehead, it'll cause all depression to flee. It, it, uh, here's a bottle, a vial of the Sea of Galilee, the water from the Sea of Galilee. That if you'll apply it to that area on your skin that has dryness or any type of eczema, the dryness will leave. They try. And make it so that the anointings in a thing where that's what the Old Testament taught there was the anointed vessels there was the anointed there was the ark of the tabernacle but like I said on Tuesday that when Jesus died and rose again and he said it was finished the veil of the temple was rot was was torn from top to bottom and now the presence of God does not abide in things the presence of God abides in me that's why there's more anointing in my left pinky toe than there is in the western wall in jerusalem it's a nice place to visit it's a great historical place but the anointing broke free from that place two thousand years ago and the bible says that if that same spirit raised christ jesus from the dead he lives in you he will quicken your mortal body to walk like christ walk to talk like christ talk and to have dominion the same way jesus had dominion on the earth well, if you'll sell your best gift today, I'll send you this mud that comes from the Dead Sea, that if you'll put it on that back pain, I tell you, no. Jesus didn't say, "Go ye therefore into all the world." But hold on, let me package these survival kits that have a, a mixture of things from the Red Sea, things from the Dead Sea, things from the Jordan River. And as you go, I want you to know, don't go and don't don't go without them. Because if you're if you're not equipped with these things, you won't be able to get the gospel. No, he said, as you go, hallelujah, as you go ye shall cast out devils ye will pick up deadly serpents ye will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover these hands are registered weapons in heaven and on earth these hands are loaded and are carriers of divine power that hold dominion over sickness and over disease these hands are a threat to the devil's plot and schemes for my generation. And your hands are the same. That's why there's so many denominations in the faith that the devil gets them to believe that there's no power in the laying on of hands. That's why they get them to believe. that. uh, I mean, you hear some people pray, even preachers. They get to the end of their prayer, and what do they say? And in thy name we pray, amen. In thy name, did thy die for you? Did thy take stripes on his back for you? Did Jesus say, if you'll pray in thy name, then you shall have whatsoever you ask? Or did he say, if you'll pray anything in my name, in the name of Jesus? And that's what I'm going to get to on ways to enforce dominion. I titled this today, How to Enforce Your Dominion on the Earth. Well, number one, To enforce your dominion. The number one weapon God gave you. The name of Jesus. Is a threat and horror. To the camp of the devil. The name of Jesus. Carries. Within itself. Explosive dynamite. Powerful. It's like a C4. And your mouth is the detonator. A C4 explosive by itself. Doesn't do much. But if you have C4 and a detonator, you can do a lot of damage. In the same vein, the name of Jesus is like C4. And when you speak it out of your mouth, you detonate that C4 in the environment where the devil's trying to to keep you struggling. And when you give that decree out in the name of Jesus, Acts chapter 3, look at what happens. The Bible says that the disciples, John and, and Peter, were going to prayer at the hour of prayer. And there was there a man whom they laid daily at the gate called beautiful. And this man was a crippled from his mother's womb who had never walked. And he seen Peter and John about to enter into the temple. Looked on them and said and asked of alms, asked for donations. Peter and John looked to them and said, silver and gold we don't have. Meaning that wasn't them saying we don't have money. We're poor. How I many of you know, if you serve Christ, you'll be poor. That's not what Jesus was. Uh, that's not what Peter and John were saying. They were saying, we don't have enough silver and we don't have enough gold in the world. If we were to mine every mining and excavate all the gold of this world, there's not enough gold to heal you of paralysis. In 2020, there's still not enough money. With all the money that's thrown at research for these things, there's not enough money to cure someone who has some sort of neural, disor- neural disorder that causes him to be a cripple in his legs. How be it? They didn't end there. Silver and gold, we have not. But such as we do have, give we unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, I say unto you, get up and walk and they grabbed them they grabbed him and lifted him up by his right hand the bible says immediately his ankle bones received strength and his feet were strengthened and he began to leap run and praise god as they entered into the temple well that you know that happens in a church that happens in a if you had an outdoor meeting with a lot of people watching and that that sort of thing happened You would get a crowd that would rush rush in together. And that's exactly what happened. The Bible says when the people saw the man who was lame, they knew who he was. They all knew who he was. When they saw him clinging to Peter and John and walking, they all in one accord rushed to where Peter and John was. And they were marveling at them. Oh, these must be holy apostles. Oh, this must be a prophet. Oh, praise God. This must be some special individual whom God's hand is heavier on them than anyone else. No. Oh, that's what they thought. But what did Peter and John say? Why are you looking at us as though by our own godliness or power, our own special anointing or some specialty, why look on us as though we had the the water from the Sea of Galilee to do this? No, they said, it's the faith in his name. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man stands here well and sound, Perfect and whole in the presence of you all. The name of Jesus, just like Zika mosquito. When there was that Zika outbreak and the Zika mosquito carried Zika within itself. That if it, if it injected you, if it pierced you, if it withdrew, it retracted blood from you, you then got infected with Zika in the same vein. The name of Jesus carries power in it that when released, It dominates the atmosphere and clears out every foreign substance from your life. The name of Jesus. I mean, you look at it in in what happens after that miracle. The Sanhedrin, the religious order of the day, end up gathering Peter and John. And after having whipped them, they commanded them, don't teach or preach in that name. Why do you think the devil hates that name so much? I'll give you an explanation of that. If you grew up in school, you were eight years old, nine years old, and at your elementary school, there was this like big bully that always stole your lunch every day, beat you up, and left you bruised and wounded. Then you went to high school, hoping that he'd go to a different high school, but he still Went to, he's like he was following your, your academic, the academia around. He just went everywhere you went. Like a, a plague, a thorn in your flesh. And you get to high school hoping this guy's not there. And then all of a sudden, as they take attendance on that first day of high school, his name pops up and you cringe in your seat. Man. And you have to go through high school now with this guy. Then 15 years later, they send you an invitation for your high school reunion. And all throughout high school, he beats you up all throughout high school. you just It's like you thought he would mature, but nothing ever matured. And finally, come your high school reunion, 15 years after that, you go back and you're hoping this guy's not going to show up, but you want to see some other friends that you grew up with. You want to see where they're at. You want to reminisce on old times. And then you get to the place, where the, the hall where the reunion's at. And you look through... The, the, the attendance sheet to find out where your table's at and then locating table 43 you see your name you see oh Susie's there that was a girl I had a crush on in high school oh here's Tom a guy that I used to be friends with we played high school football together and then all of a sudden boom that name pops up again and you cringe and you say I'm not going in I won't spend one more minute with that guy Because of the hell he put me through in high school. Well, let me tell you something. Listen to this very closely. When Jesus died, he didn't stay dead, or he didn't just stay in some like middle ground between earth and heaven. The Bible says he had a mission to accomplish when he died. He went into the lowest parts of the earth, signifying hell. And the Bible says he found where the devil was at. That same devil that we talked about that was so powerful. Isaiah 14 says that he he's the one that caused the nations to be in disrupt. The nations that he disrupted the nations. He's the one that caused the nations to be a wilderness. He's the one that caused cities that were prosperous to be a dry, desolate land. The Bible says he's the one that was like... Caused havoc on the earth. He's the one that brought sickness on the earth. He's the one that brought poverty on the earth. He's the one that made the nations ashamed. And robbed man of its glory. And brought on it shame and reproach. He's the one that enforced his dominion after Adam Sinned. He took his keys. The keys that God had given him. Dominion over all things that we read in uh, in Genesis 1.26. And he gave those keys of dominion to the devil. And the devil asserted that dominion. Enforced his dominion. He took charge. The Bible says he is the God of this age. The Bible says he is the prince of the powers of darkness. But when Christ died. He went into the lowest. He found the devil. And he stripped him of the keys. Of dominion and he dealt him a head-crushing blow cracked his head open in fulfillment of Genesis which says Satan you have bruised man's heel but one is coming after who will crush your head Jesus crushed the head of the devil and it was such a beating it was such a humiliation I want to read this to you if you'll get this man if you'll get this scripture in your spirit I feel the anointing right now. I feel there are people watching right now. You won't even there's no prayer necessary for your case. Even now, you're breaking free from suicidal thoughts. Even now, that anxiety is breaking off you. Even now, you are being set free by the power of the light of God's word entering into your heart in Jesus name. Colossians 2. Listen to this. Colossians chapter 2. And verse 14, Jesus wiped out the handwriting of requirements which was against you, which was contrary to you. He took it out of the way, meaning the certificate of sin, the certificate of debt. He took it out of the way. He nailed it to the cross. That's why you don't have to... You know, one of the things that robs people of their ability to walk in dominion over the devil, to take charge every time they see the devil rise up in their life, is they live in perpetual condemnation. They're always beating themselves over, over things that they did 18 years ago. I want you to know, the moment you accepted Christ into your heart, sin lost its grip on you. If you repented of sin, you've turned the other way, You're no longer a sinner. You're the righteousness of God. And if you sin tomorrow, if you sin today, God is faithful and just. If you'll confess and repent to forgive you of your sin, and the Bible says he buries your sin in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered. The Bible says that your sins and lawless deeds, I will remember no more. And if God remembers it no more, why do you keep bringing it up? Why do you keep letting it bring you down? Paul, who was a vehement, violent persecutor, of the church of God who said I was a violent man and I, I did it in ignorance Howbeit, God showed his mercy towards me and though I was the chief of sinners God showed me as an example that I once destroyed the faith I now preach that God can break you free from the accuser of the brethren so that you don't have to f- remember those things which are behind Paul said I forget those things which are behind rip out the rear view mirrors of your life some of you have to rip out the rear view mirror have to rip out the side view mirrors of your life because you keep dwelling on the past you keep dwelling on what didn't work out you keep dwelling on how you fell you keep dwelling on how you 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 failed that one time when god is saying you're to forget those things which are behind and to lay hold on the glorious future that god has prepared for you stop soaking in condemnation if god forgave you And if God the Bible says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins are red as crimson, I'll make them as white as snow. Though they're red like scarlet, I'll make them as white as wool. You got to see yourself. First First John 3. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask of him, we receive because, why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. I'm not saying you sin, keep on sinning, and, uh, you know, ultimately God will turn a blind eye. No. Matter of fact, uh, Psalm 50 says that, um, How is it that you take my commandments in your mouth, and you hold my word to your lips, seeing that you cast my word behind you, and you trample on my commandments? Meaning you're declaring the word of the Lord for your life. You heard a prophet tell you 2020 is going to be the best year ever. And you keep speaking that, but you're still living with a boyfriend that you're not married to. You're still living to a girlfriend that you're not married to. You're still living in constant sin. You haven't repented. You haven't, like by the what Romans says, put to death the deeds of the flesh. And as such... You're not seeing the victory. You're not seeing the breakthrough. Because God doesn't turn a blind eye to sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And the Bible says in Joshua 7, be sure your sins will find you out. I'm talking to you today that if you've repented of sin, you don't have to remember If you sin up until 1 p.m. today. But today you mark a change. Today you choose. I'm not walking with the devil. I'm not obeying the devil. I'm not presenting myself as a slave to sin anymore. I'm breaking free from sin. I present myself now reckoned dead to sin, but alive to God. And I'm going to live for him. For the Lamb of God came to take my sin away. And I'm not going to live for something God came to take from me. I'm going to live for him. And for the things that he caused in Christ Jesus to come into my possession. That's who I'm talking to. If you live like that, you don't have to remember the thing you don't have to remember the past behold I'm doing a new thing Regard not the former things do not remember the things of old. I am doing a new thing and now it shall spring forth God wants to do a new thing. He wants to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey That's not talking about heaven. Canaan is not an image of heaven Canaan is a type and a shadow of what the life of a believer is after he's left Egypt, puts sin behind him, and follows God's commandments diligently and faithfully. That's what Canaan is. And it's a land flowing with milk and honey. God has a place for you in that land. But you got to stop living in condemnation on the past. That's what gets. That's why people have no confidence in dealing with the devil. I mean, you look at in Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 19, the Bible says there were seven sons of Sceva who were Jewish exorcists who went about casting out devils. They tried to cast out the devil in the name of Jesus whom Paul preached, but they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. They weren't saved. They weren't born again. They weren't living for God. They were trying to take advantage of God's blessing without submitting to God's demands and requirements first. They were trying to take advantage of the dominion bestowed on a Bible-believing righteous believer while living unrighteous and while living outside of the covenant. You can't partake of the covenant terms unless you subscribe to the terms and conditions of the covenant. Within our covenant that Christ packaged for us is dominion over the devil. But before you can walk in its blessing... You have to subscribe to the terms and conditions. Like when you download an app on your computer. It always asks you. Do you agree to the terms and conditions? And before you can click install. You have to uh, put a check mark there. Or else it won't download. In the same vein. Some of you have to subscribe today. I'm going to live for God. Whether the devil likes it. Whether my family likes it. You know when David went out to defeat Goliath. It wasn't the devil that tried to stop him. It was his own family members. Some of you might even come from a religion that if you called yourself a Christian, all hell would break through, break, break free in your family. They would never talk to you again. Well, that's what the Bible says. When Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you're to pick up your cross, deny yourself. Deny it. That's what Elisha did. When Elijah came and put the mantle on him and said, follow me, he went back home, he burnt his oxen, he burnt his business, and he created a big feast announcing to his town, I'm leaving my old life behind. I have decided to follow Jesus, and there's no turning back. That's going to be you today. You've tried to serve God before in your own power, and it hasn't happened. You fell back. You're you're living lukewarm. Well, today, God's going to put a fire in you. We're, you're gonna you're, The fire that God puts on you today will never go out in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. So those Jewish exorcists try to cast out the devil, what ends up happening? The demon looked at him and said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who the heck are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on him, prevailed against them, and he overpowered them, beating them, so that they fled the house naked and wounded. But do you notice what the Bible says The demon said about Jesus I know Jesus Meaning I recognize the authority and dominion Jesus carries What did that demon say about And it didn't just say Jesus It didn't say Jesus I know and Paul Well Paul I still have charge over in some ways Jesus I know And the same way I know Jesus I know Paul Is your name notorious in hell that the second your feet land on the ground in the morning? You know, there was a guy who got saved in Enoch Ereboye's church. He's a minister in Nigeria. And he was a high level witch in Nigeria who was like, I don't know if he was like a witch doctor or something, but he was a high level witch. And he said, uh, when he got saved, part of his testimony, Anytime Enoch Adeboye woke up in the morning, we knew every, we could have put a log at every time he woke up because the moment his alarm clock went off and his feet hit the ground, we all woke up. Anyone that was truly tapped into the, to, to the demonic power, the moment he woke up, we knew that was when our day began. We knew that was when our day began. We knew that we, we can't sleep anymore. We got to get to work or else this guy's going to take... He's going to take everything we own. Is your name written on hell's most wanted book? That everywhere you go, the devil has to perk his ears up and say, No, 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 no. That's not a house we can touch. We can come this far, but no further. They have the blood of Jesus. I have the blood of Jesus. But I don't take... So number one, how to exercise your dominion? The name of Jesus. Anything that's harassing, anything that's stealing from your destiny in God, anything that is keeping you from walking in God's best is a harassing force of hell. You have the right, you have a God-given right to use the name and the authority and power that backs that name will enforce your desire in that area. If it's sickness in your body, Smith Wigglesworth tells the story that he was at a, a house once where a lady was sick unto death. And she was like, stage four, in a coma, not not responsive at all. And they asked him to come and pray. And he got there, and the Lord told them, don't pray, just say my name. And so he said, everyone here, let's gather together and just speak the name of Jesus. Sing out the name of Jesus. As he did, they, a glory hit the room where they all fell on their faces. And he looked up, and he saw the girl, the lady that was plagued with cancer. Saw her get up, who was in a coma and was like dying. Get up out of, like, raise up from her sick bed. And begin to say, I see his face. He's standing at the foot of the bed. I see his face. And she who was dying was restored back to life. By the, just by mentioning the name of Jesus. I said it before. When that bully, when that man comes to his high school reunion and he saw the bully. His name seated at his table. And he said, I'm not going in. Why do you think the devil hates the mention of the name? Because just the mention of the name of Jesus reminds him of the butt whooping he took 2,000 years ago at the cross. Verse 15, I was reading before, Colossians 2.15. Jesus disarmed. Not Jesus will disarmed. Not Jesus is still working to disarm principalities and powers. You have to get that religious mindset out of your brain, out of your mind that we're working for dominion. We're working for victory. No, we have dominion and we have the victory. He has disarmed principalities and powers and made a public show of him openly. A humiliation of hell. You know what that tells? If you study the actual verse, it's trying to paint a picture back in the day. When an army would prevail against another army, they would take the main leaders, whatever survival, survivors there were. They would strip them naked and they would go back home and in their main city, let's say Rome had a big, a big victory that they had gained. They would take the survivors, the prisoners of war, strip them naked and parade them as they marched back into the city in victory, in a victory parade. And people would like throw tomatoes at them. People would would spit at them. People would do all kinds of stuff. Because they were prisoners of war. And uh, they treated them very badly. In the same vein. Paul's trying to paint a picture. That when Jesus crushed Satan's head. He picked him up. by the Like when you pick up a dog. Or you pick up a cat by the neck or whatever. Like a dog will pick up its its baby from the neck. Jesus picked the devil up by the neck. And paraded him in, in the heavenlies. On the earth and in hell. And showed him. This is your master. And the same thing. The same way. I've treated him. I'm releasing an army. That I'm going to equip with my name. That at the mention of my name. The same power. That's defeated him. Will crush each and every one of your heads. Jesus has disarmed. And when you speak his name. You enforce that victory that was won at the cross. Number two, the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus marks out our victory on the earth. I'm marked with the blood. If the blood of a natural lamb was able to thwart off the death angel, how much more, in Exodus 12, how much more shall the blood of Christ Mark us out on the earth and keep us protected and have dominion over any destructive force. If the natural lamb, how, how much more shall the actual blood of Jesus settle our dominion over the devil on the earth? You know what the Bible says? When God called Moses, he said, I'm sending you back to, to Egypt. And I will make you a God unto Pharaoh. Pharaoh represents the devil. And God said, I'm going to make you, Moses, a man like God unto Pharaoh. Meaning the same way the devil sees God. Because of the blood of Jesus over you. And because of our regenerate spirit. He now sees us as as though God were walking on the earth. It's like when, you know, in royal families. If you belong to the royal family of England or the royal family of Wales, your child carries just as much power, just as much influence, just as much anything. The prince carries just as much as the king. Whatever the prince says, the king, the king agrees with. And the king, the king will enforce. In the same vein. As a child, if I mean, if they have affluence, if they have influence, if they have power and authority to do things, being the, the prince of the of uh, the prince of England or the prince of Wales how much more shall we children of God princes and princesses in the kingdom of God have that same level of dominion as though God himself you know that's what exousia is that's what authority means in the original Greek delegated authority it means as though God were doing it himself as if God were standing in in your stead You're just just taking God's position on the earth to enforce what God already said in heaven. And the blood of Jesus not only marks you out, but everywhere you go, you have a covering of the blood. You bear in your body the mark of the Lord Jesus Christ. And no man can ever, no devil can trouble you any longer. And then number three, and I'll finish with this. Three... Ways to enforce dominion. Number three is your tongue, your voice. Your voice. You can't stay silent. Psalm 81 I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open up your mouth wide and I will fill it. Until you open your mouth, God has nothing to fill. A closed mouth is a closed destiny. The power of life and death is in your tongue. You enforce your God-given... God created you in His likeness. And the same way God has a creative force in His mouth that when He releases words, they go to work for Him. When you release words backed by the word, it goes to work for you. Job 22. Thou shalt declare a thing, and it shall be established. And light will shine on your word, on your ways. You have to declare until you speak things, you'll never see things change. Moses, go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And he goes into Pharaoh's courts, a fugitive. You want to talk about boldness. His head was wanted 40 years ago for what he had done to an Egyptian. And he goes in, fired up, Because what had God God told him? I'll make you a God unto Pharaoh. So he believed the word. He knew. I have have charge over Pharaoh. Pharaoh has no charge over me. So he went in and he spoke, let my people go. Did Pharaoh let the people go on day one? No. Took many days before he let him go. But he kept speaking until he saw a shift and he started to see things work for him. You don't stop speaking until you start seeing. Jesus spoke to the fig tree. And then he said, have faith in God. The same way I spoke to this fig tree. You will say unto mountains in life, problems, unmovable circumstances. You will say to them, be thou uprooted and cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt that authority that I've given you, it will be exactly as you say. You will have what you say. You will say, if you study that scripture, mark 11:23, if you say, say once, be thou a prudent cast in the sea and not down, but believe that the things which you say, say twice, will come to pass. you shall have whatsoever you say, three. three times he said, say. He said, and believe once. So faith is once, but speaking is three times mentioned in that one verse. Why? because it doesn't really matter what you believe until you actually speak 2 Corinthians 4.13. The Bible says, we having the same spirit of faith, just as they did, they believe and spoke, therefore we believe and also speak. Faith without works is dead. And the work of faith is not just acting on God's word, but it's the declaration of God's word. When Paul was shipwrecked, for many days they were roaming on the sea, and the Bible says that the people's hope was all given up. They hadn't seen the sun in like 14 days. Paul has a dream that night. An angel comes to him and says, there will be no loss of life, only of the ship. But God has preserved you and also everyone else on this ship. There'll be no loss of life. And so he gets up the next day and addresses the people. And tells them, I believe God that it shall be exactly as I've been told. And he kept speaking that. It'll be exactly as I've been told. And what ended up happening? Not one lo- life was lost. Not one life was lost and they got to Malta without any deaths. Well, you got to start speaking the same way. I believe God that it shall be exactly as I've been told. If God said by his stripes I'm healed and he bore my sickness and carried my pains, I believe God that it shall be exactly as I've been told. If God said That in righteousness I'll be be established and I'll be far from terror? It shall not come near me? Then it shall be exactly as I've been told. God will confirm the word of his servants and he will establish the message of his messengers. Isaiah 44, 26. who, Who confirms the word of his servants and performs the counsel of his messengers. God has nothing to confirm and has nothing to perform until you speak. Ezekiel, look at these dry bones. Can they live again? I don't know. God, you do something about it. No, no, no. Prophesy to the dry bones. Prophesy to these dry bones. Tell them to live again. Stop looking to God for for him to do everything. God has given you a voice. That when you when you speak, you know what prophecy is? It's you speaking the word of God. It's lending your voice to the word of God with a heart convinced that what his word says is true. That's what prophecy is. Well, I'm just waiting for God to do it. Amen. God will, in his timing. God's That's what Ezekiel did. Oh, can these dry bones live again? God, wh- wh- why don't you show us? No, no, no. I'm not going to do it. You do it you address the situation you speak to the mountain you speak to the spirit of death trying to kill you you speak to that suicidal spirit trying to get you to kill yourself you speak to the demon of anxiety that gives you panic attacks don't always Jesus looked at the storm and he spoke to the storm can these dry bones live again you might be experiencing the driest season of your life But if you're expecting God to just at random start raining on you his blessing, you're going to wait till you're going to die cursed. But if you'll today lend your voice to the word of God. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Ye shall live again. I will not die. I shall live and declare the work of the Lord. Dry bones, That failing business springs back to life again. That job that I they're saying I might lose, everyone else might lose it, but I will not lose a job. For I dwell under the shelter of the Most High God. I abide under the protection of the Almighty, and I will say of my God, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. Surely... He will deliver me from the perilous pestilence. He will deliver me from the the snare of the fowler. The the Bible says in Psalm 91, the arrow might fly by day. Yeah, things might go on in this world. The Bible says pestilence might stalk in darkness. Yeah, they might even have 10 more pandemics before 2030. How be it? These evils shall not approach me. For I have made the Lord my dwelling place, even the most high my my place of refuge. No evil shall befall me, nor shall any plague come near my tent. For he gives his angels charge over my life to guard me and bear me up in all my ways. I'm not going down. When men say there's a casting down, I will say there is a lifting up. When men are being demoted, that just means it's time for me to be promoted. When men are getting sick, it will be minus me. It'll be minus my house. Cancer might increase on the earth, but not for my house. For us, for me and my house, we serve the Lord. And we will eat of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said, I would have lost heart had I not believed that I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I don't expect misery. I don't expect tragedy. Darkness might try to come, but there's a light in me that shines out all darkness. Arise and shine. Your light has come, the Bible says. Darkness might come on the earth. Deep darkness might even cover all the peoples. But unto you that fear my name, the Bible says, rise and shine it's enough stop hiding under a brushel. stop hiding this light keeping it hidden in your heart David said I kept my, your word hidden in my heart but the New Testament teach but he also sorry the Old Testament even in the Psalms he didn't just say I'll keep your word hidden in my heart he also taught but I will declare the glory of God I will declare and make mention of his power it's not enough just to keep it hidden in your heart he that believes with the heart and confesses with the mouth shall be saved. You've believed it? Now begin to speak it. Address. I want you to take the next 15 seconds and address that thing. If it's sickness, address sickness. Get violent with sickness. Don't tolerate sickness in your body. Don't nurture sickness in your body. Don't pamper and placate sickness in your body. Have a violent reaction. You know what they told me when my son was about to be born? They said, uh, you know, your wife, she needs to get all these vaccines because if she doesn't, your child has a high risk of having jaundice and I just sat there and said no and then she said let me tell you your child will probably have jaundice the nurse said this full of the devil I mean what kind of nurse says that your child will most likely have jaundice A, a, a lot of children have it and when she brought my child in the mix I spoke up I didn't stay silent silence is the voice of unbelief but faith speaks faith is expressed by violent forceful words Ecclesiastes says how forcible are right words and when she said that something rose up in me my lion nature because the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion some boldness rose up in me and said listen here lady my child not only will he not have jaundice he'll never even know what jaundice is I'm not saying jaundice doesn't exist I'm just saying my child it's an impossibility with my child to have jaundice because he is sanctified by my life and let me tell you when the CLSC nurse came five days after my wife got out of the hospital hospital, uh, to examine our baby, they came to do all the tests and stuff, they came and they, she said, I'm not even going to test your child for jaundice, because there, she said this, matter, I forgot to say, when that nurse said that, I said, there's a 0% chance my child has jaundice, well, when that nurse came and took my child in her arms, and went to examine, she said, you know what, I'm not even going to test him for jaundice, there's a 0% chance your child has jaundice, you know, I don't want to know why, because when God Hallelujah when you stand up for the word of God God will stand up for you and when God's Stands up, all your enemies, arrayed against your life. Every adversary will be scattered, for God has said in his word, I will contend with them that contend with thee. I will contend, I will fight for for you in all your battles. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hey, horabo handere. I want you to address that situation even now. I want you to, as if the devil... We're looking at you. You know, when Smith Wigglesworth, they brought him a dead baby once and he kicked the baby. And they asked him why, and the baby came back to life. And they said, Why'd you kick the baby? Because I got so irritated with the spirit of death, I kicked it out of him. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta see whatever's harassing you. It's not the hand of God. God doesn't harass. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of Lights. God is for you, not against you. But the thing that's coming against you, the thing that's trying to suppress, the thing that's Trying to make life a living hell on the earth is the devil. But you can't tolerate. You can't be a gentleman, cause the devil certainly ain't gonna be a gentleman with you. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. You gotta get a little violent. You know the Bible's full of stories of people getting violent and saying, "I refuse to stay down. I refuse to give up and quit. I refuse to stay down. I refuse to be defeated. I refuse." He that began a good work in me, he shall complete it. That woman with the issue of blood, for her to press through the crowd and touched the hem of Jesus's garment that took a high level of violence because had she been found she would have been executed on the spot but she said I refuse to stay sick another day in my life I've tried the world's way I've tried doctors I've tried everything and it ain't working for me but there's still one name I can call on there's still a hem of a garment that you can reach and grab and take and seize today that the same virtue that flowed into her body that put the flow of blood of 12 years to sees that same day i'm telling you you won't have to wait long there's nothing the devil's done to you that god can't do something about and god created the world in six days he doesn't need more than six seconds to blast the devil out of your life for you to rise up a conqueror a do- uh, in dominion over all his work hallelujah yeah stop putting up with it Stop just tolerating. Stop being a North American pansy Christian. Uh, Whatever comes our way, we got to accept it. You know, we, sometimes you get dealt a bad hand in life. You might have been dealt a bad hand in life. I'm saying life night. I'm not saying life started great for everyone. Your life might have started like hell. Your life might not have started the way you might have had a, a bad hand dealt to you in life, but life doesn't have to finish the same way it started. I repeat, my life doesn't have to finish. I want you to write that in the comment section. My life doesn't have to finish the same way it started. No, my life doesn't have to finish the same way it started. This book is a catalog of God taking ordinary men, God taking people that were not cherished in in their family. People that were sick, people that were diseased, people that were blind, people that like blind Bartimaeus, a total outcast and his life might have started one way but one encounter with the Holy Ghost marked a new life a new road for if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things pass away everything becomes new hallelujah Come, take 10 seconds I want you to address that thing in your life I want you to address that poverty in your life I want you to address that depression in your life no you're not destined for depression God said if you'll hate lawlessness and love righteousness he'll anoint you with the oil of gladness above everybody else there's an oil called gladness everybody loves these essential oils if you'll put this essential oils on your nostrils you'll breathe clearer if you put this essential oil on the back of your neck you'll think better if you put this essential oil on your you know on your chest you'll be able to I don't know They, they come up with all kinds of stuff. Well, I tell you, there's a higher oil than the essential oil, the oil of the Holy Ghost. And God said, if you'll love righteousness and hate lawlessness, he'll anoint you with the oil of gladness, the oil that makes joy, the oil that generates joy, irrespective of your circumstance, irrespective of your pain, irrespective of the pain of your past, irrespective of what the devil's trying to throw at you. Jesus said, it doesn't matter if all hell breaks loose he said I will build my church and you are—you belong to the church and you are the church and God's already said I'm committed to building you and if God said I'll build you what kind of idiot what kind of dummy can set itself against the thing God's building and prevail when God said it's time to build nothing can deconstruct nothing can destroy the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but Jesus said I've come to give you life and my life more Abundantly. Matter of fact, when the Sanhedrin was about to beat, they were going to even imprison Peter and John. Gamaliel stood up and said, "Take heed to these men. Leave them alone. For if this plan and this purpose is of God, you cannot overthrow it. My life is God's plan, and it can't be overthrown. When I walk in line with His word, I can't be overthrown. I can't be defeated. I can't be. I can't be overcome. No, I belong to the family of." overcomers hallelujah 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 if you're here today you're not a christian you're not saved not only will you live on on earth miserable but you'll go to hell there's a heaven to gain and a hell to a hell to shun but it takes your choice god doesn't send anyone to hell people send themselves to hell people choose to go to hell by rejecting jesus christ Jesus said I have come to my own and my own did not receive but to as many as did receive to them gave he power to become children of God you're not automatically a child of God the world loves to sell that lie we're all children of God amen no we're not all children of God you're either a child of the devil when you're when you don't when you're uh, out of covenant when you don't you've not been forgiven you're not in right standing with God you haven't received Christ into your heart the Bible says you're a child of the devil but there's a way to become a child of God and the way that happens is when you you make a stand today you take a a decision you commit yourself ABC admit you're a sinner Believe on the gospel and then confess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord and consecrating and commit your life to God from this day forward. If you want to do that today, maybe you have once upon a time, but you've fallen away. You've strayed away. You've you've together become, a, you know, you've like a sheep. You've strayed away from the fold. Well, let me tell you, the Bible says there was a, a son who who lived for God, who lived for his father. But there came a point where he left his father and took his inheritance and He spent all his living on sinful living. All his wealth on sinful living. And then when sin had taken its root in his life, and he was eating the pods of a pig. Eating with pigs. The same food they gave pigs. That's what what sin does. Sin robs you of your glorious destiny in Christ. Sin brings a curse. Righteousness exalts into the blessing. That might be you. You're eating the pig's pods. You're eating... you're totally disconnected from anything that looks like a blessing. Foreign to the life of God. Well, That's not time to beat yourself up. God's calling you home today. God's calling you home today. Like that prodigal son, he reasoned within himself. And he said, I will go back to my father. I pray that's the cry of your heart. I will go back to my father. And the Bible says the one who comes to me. God said, I will nowise cast out. God's not angry with you. God is not angry with you. We're in the day of God's favor. The ark door is still open and there's still time to repent and believe. Because there will be a day where the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive will be caught up together to meet him in the Lord. In the air, in the Lord. And so we shall be always. I don't want to miss that boat. I don't want you to miss that boat. God paid too high of a price to, to, to have you go to hell. Make heaven. Make that your priority today. I'm going to make heaven. And you'll see when you do, and you make a decision to live holy, you make a decision to keep God's commandments, dominion over the devil is the easiest, sweatless, sweat-free thing that you can ever do. So I want you to pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Say this with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Come live in my heart. Where I was weak, make me strong. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Turn my life around. Let old things pass away. And from today, everything Become new. Heaven will be my home. God is now my father. And I'm never going back. Never, never, never. Forward onlys. Forward always. Backwards never. In Jesus name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer. I want you to go on my website. Salvationnow.ca and fill up the first link that pops up it's i just got saved fill up the form i want to get something to you free of charge a way of saying welcome to the family of god a bible and some material that'll greatly bless you that's salvationnow.ca. i just got saved if you don't go to church go to church this sunday if you have a if there's a friday service go to church this friday find a bible believing church if you live on the south shore uh, if you live in, the, in montreal Good News Chapel in Montreal, Quebec is the place to be. That's the church I go to. Whenever I'm not traveling, I'm there every single week without error. At any time the doors are open, because I love the house of God. And you can only flourish. Psalm 92, they that plant their feet in the house of God will flourish in the courts of God. Don't believe the lie of this generation that you don't need to go to church. Church is in our hearts. That okay, I believe it. Yes, we are the church. I am the church, but we need to gather in corporate worship. There's something about gathering together with the people of God. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. The presence of God is felt tangibly in a greater measure. So find a church, a Bible-believing, miracle-working church, and uh, just start attending this Sunday. Thanks for joining me. Uh, If you'd like to give today, you can go to salvationlca slash give. And uh, you can give at whatever level you want. You can give one time. You can give monthly. And I want to thank you in advance for standing with us. I appreciate all of our partners. You guys are great. We've had several people come on board. That's right, Frank, 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 yeah. Don't forsake the assembly. Darren, you can go on our website, salvationnow.ca slash give. And there's PayPal. So you can, you can give through there if you'd like to. Thank you in advance, man. Appreciate your partnering with us. Hey, Valerie, Frankie, Melissa, Liz, God bless you all. If you haven't shared the broadcast, please share it. This broadcast is going to help a lot of people. And you know what? Let me pray for you. If, you, Like I said, if you'd like to give, salvationnow.ca slash give. Ask the Holy Spirit what He'd have you to give. You know, that's scriptural. 1 Corinthians. Yeah, Darren, we have PayPal on, on um, salvationnow.ca. We have the option for PayPal. Um, ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you give that's scriptural the Bible says let each man give as he is purposed in his heart so ask the Holy Spirit Lord help me to give today an offering that would bring glory to you and uh, I don't force anyone to give you give at your own discretion and uh, remember giving is not to bless me giving is not to bless a ministry giving is not to support a ministry giving is ultimately to tie your finances in with the work of God in deep appreciation for what god has done for you i do not i don't have cash up in the united in the united states they have at cash up i'm based in canada canada does not have cash up cash app i wish we did because it's such a phenomenal platform but we do not support cash up cash up liz you messed me up with cash up now i'm reading cash up and i'm going to say cash up probably the rest of my life cash app um, we don't have it yet in Canada for some, obviously there's probably some legal business behind that, but, uh, you can give, if you're a a U.S. giver, you can give on our website, salvation slash give we have, we give through subsplash and through PayPal, which are both American companies and, uh, whatever you give will be converted into Canadian and stuff. You don't have to worry about that destiny. Happy birthday again. Pray you have the best birthday ever. I, I, th- I think we saw someone here that, if I'm not mistaken, started off this broadcast saying they were having suicidal thoughts. And then I saw their name pop up saying, I've been delivered. I don't. I, I saw their name pop up again saying, I feel delivered, like I've been delivered. Praise God. That's wonderful. That's, that's what happens. The entrance of his word brings light. You know, the Bible says, open up my eyes that I might behold the wonders in thy law. When your eyes open up to the surpassing greatness of God's power. The devil's grip over your life is very weak. Very weak. If I can leave you with one final word of exhortation. Because if I don't stop, I'll never stop. But one final. I always tell my wife. I'm going to try and keep these broadcasts to one hour. 40 minutes later. One final word of exhortation. I want you to see yourself though. whatever you feel like it or not see yourself the way God sees you greater is he that lives in you if God be for me and God's not only for you God is in you who can be against you with them is the hand of flesh with me is the hand of God who helps us to fight our battles see yourself as being a partaker of the divine nature Paul said, it is no longer I who lives. Stop saying, I, you know, I'm the old me. You know, sometimes the old me likes to come up and rear his. No, I'm not me anymore. Old things, have passed away. I have been crucified with with Christ. It's no longer I who lives. Christ now lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who lived and died for me. Do you know where they got the term Christian? Fun fact, it means little Christ. You know why? Because they had seen Christ operate, casting out devils, healing the sick. And then when he died, rose again, and they thought they had finally ridden the world of their problem. Because they couldn't stand Jesus, because he was robbing all the crowds from the religious folk. And then all of a sudden, a new group of people rise up. Ordinary men, Peter and John, untrained, uneducated men. A guy named Stephen, a server of tables, a guy named Philip, who nobody, he was virtually unknown. All of a sudden, these men rise up. And the same work, the same miracles, the same power at work in Christ was at work in them. And they said, these look like little Christs. Little Christ Christians. You have to see yourself like that. You know the end times is going to be full? The Bible says in Obadiah 121. And out of Zion, the church, there shall proceed deliverers. You've been delivered to be a deliverer, a little s savior to your generation. You're not Jesus Christ, the savior. You're a you have Christ in you, and now He has empowered you to be a little s savior. A deliverer to your generation to break others free from the same things that you've been broken free from. So don't waste your don't waste that power just talking about it. Go and do it. I told you today, you have the name of Jesus, you have the blood of Jesus. And you have your mouth to enforce dominion on the earth. Don't just embrace the key while the door remains shut in front of you and you're waiting for God to do something about it. Take the keys that you've received today from the word of God and quit waiting on God while God has been waiting on you and apply it and you'll see The keys of David still open every door and still shut the doors that you don't want to see open. The key of David can open up the door of health in your life, can open up the door of financial financial well-being in your life, the door of victory over depression in your life, the door of victory over sin in your life. And it can shut the door on sin. It can shut the door on sickness. The same key that opens the door on health shuts the door on sickness. The same key that opens the door to life shuts the door to death. Death. The same key that opens the door to God's holiness working through you shuts the door to addiction, shuts the door to sin, shuts the door to habitual, perpetual sin. You hold the keys of... You have the keys of the kingdom Don't just cherish them And hang them on your well And say hey I have the keys of the kingdom Whatever I bind Actually bind That's awesome Chelsea Chelsea wrote I started an at home fellowship After being encouraged by your videos Praise the Lord That encourages me That's what I want To mobilize people that's awesome. All right. Well, like I said, if you'd like to give, salvationnowca slash give. If I don't stop, I'll never stop. We'll be back on Tuesday, 1 p.m. If you haven't shared the broadcast, please share it. You'll be a great help to me. And uh, until next time, may goodness, mercy, follow you all the days of your life. If you don't follow me on Instagram, at Malkanji, follow me on Instagram. I share, you know, our our uh, broadcast promos before they go up and also, you know, pictures of our travels and life and all that. So if you're interested in connecting if you don't like me don't follow me because it'll be like the worst thing ever you're just gonna see me all the time and why would you want that if you don't like me but if you do like if you do uh feel like god has knitted you into our life and ministry that'd be a great place to follow us we also have a twitter i tweet here and there so um thank you shireen thank you destiny patty thanks for sh- staying on frankie thank- thanks for staying on god bless you all israel love you guys till next time i'll see you connected with us by visiting us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at TJ Maokanji or visit us online, www.salvationnow.ca. God bless you. And until next time.